The Razorback basketball team starts 0-3 in conference play for the first time since the John Pelfrey era. Bumper Pool returning to Arkansas football in a major way, and the College Football National Championship happens tonight. It's all coming up on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium sound smart sound bar for TV, movies, gaming, and so much more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more hope everybody had a wonderful weekend and uh if you're a Razorback basketball fan it's probably pretty tough to say that you had a great weekend after seeing once again another loss this time to the hands of Texas A&M in College Station in a very frustrating and weird game that just you know folks we're getting to a point to where as you probably maybe heard on the Twitter spaces that we kept doing uh, during the game and even after the game, is that we got to get start getting to a point where maybe we just chalk it up to this team not being very good. I keep waiting and wondering if it's going to get put together. I keep waiting for the team to finally click and for the chemistry all to move forward. I'm waiting for all those things to happen, but they're not. And it hasn't really shown any sort of reason to believe that it will. And Arkansas losing 86 to 81 to Texas A&M, who's fine, but they're not a great basketball team, is just egregious. Like, it's it's frustratingly horrible. And it's like, I try to make sense out of it. I try to get answers from it. I try to break it all down and, and think about some of the reasons why this could be the case. Maybe uh, it's just bad luck, a run of bad luck, bad coincidences, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it continues to be the same type of stuff that ends up bothering Arkansas the most in this game. Now, let's be honest about this. No one really wants to hear it, and I'm not saying that's perfect. But the offense is not the problem, folks. Arkansas is scoring a lot of points. Like, they scored 81 points in this game. I know at times the offense seemed a little suspect just because you were having a lot of three-point shots missed. Your three-point percentage wasn't that good. Uh, you really couldn't count on anybody to be pretty efficient from the free throw line or whatever it may be. Like, I get all those things. And, you know, that's times, again, it's not been perfect. But in the grand scheme of things, it's definitely not the offense. The offense is not the issue here. It's the defense. The defense is horrible. The defense has given up so many points at such a high clip that it makes me wonder, like, why is it simply an individual effort or is it simply just a team collective team defensive effort that's causing these problems? Like Texas A&M was not a great basketball team. Again, they're fine. They're better than what they were last year, but they're not a great team. And the thing is, is they gifted you. A&M gifted the Razorbacks with not only a home atmosphere that was as pathetic as you'll ever see in SEC play, especially for a team that actually seems to possibly make be making the NCAA tournament or want to make a run in the NCAA tournament for a Saturday game. That crowd in College Station was pathetic. So not only do you not have to worry about a home atmosphere getting to you, 
but you also are gifted where Texas A&M hit 16 of 30 free throws. That's 53%. They shot better from the field at 56% than they did from the free throw line. And that was at home. They left 14 points on the board for you. And anytime you can get a home team to do that, you have to be able to take advantage of it. Arkansas shot 41% from the field. They shot roughly 32% from three-point line. Goes 21 of 29 from the free throw line. They did fine offensively, again. But you give up 8 of 19 from three-point land. And you have them sh uh, score or shoot at 57%, 56-57%. That ain't going to cut it. And you also let five different Texas A&M players get in double figures. Five different ones. You turn the ball over way too many times. You had 18 turnovers. You couldn't take care of the ball. There's a lot of fouls called in this game. You out-rebounded. Of course, that's what happens when you uh, have a team that doesn't shoot very well. But you out-rebounded A&M big time, 46-32. to 32. Like, you, you had 20 offensive rebounds in this game. 20 offensive rebounds in this game. And it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't enough. I thought that in this first four-game stretch of very favorable games, even though Arkansas showed some uh, tough, tough play against Oklahoma and Hofstra in the non-conference, I said, all right, you can go three and one. You know, it's not, it, it's tough for you to go four and oh. You go three and one. No worse than two and two, though. Go worse than two and two, and you're in a bad way. Arkansas is in a bad way. They're 0 and three with Missouri coming to town, which, by the way, Missouri just happened to beat one of the best teams in the SEC this past Saturday against Alabama. Thought that was going to be an easy win. Nope. So now you got to worry about them coming to town. And if you go 0-4 to start the SEC slate and you're going on the road to LSU this upcoming weekend, who they're playing at a really high level, folks, this could spin out of control faster than we even realize. It could get to that point. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to this team just not fitting. If they continue to play that the way that they're playing, they continue to have the issues that they're having, they continue to spiral out of control in the SEC, it's going to be chalked up to the fact that this team just did not fit. It was not a fit. It seemed like maybe it could be forced to be. It seemed like maybe it can make it work with a lot of great talent and a lot of good scoring and all those things. It seemed like it could, but at the end of the day, it wasn't a good fit. J.D. Notte had a great game, 31 points. Like He's he's definitely uh, the best piece of your team right now. And Stanley Amude started off really good, too. But sadly, he got he fouled out with 14 minutes to go in the game. Dude. So he gets out of there. Jalen Williams has 10 points and 11 rebounds. Not a bad game for him. That's pretty good. Jackson Robinson was completely and totally pointless and having him in the game. He only played eight minutes, though. He didn't do anything. And Devo Davis, once again, two of 10 for Devo Davis. Now, he got to the free throw line. He had 13 points. He had nine. He went nine of 10 from the free throw line. Two of 10. Seven assists, four turnovers, 
Notes had five turnovers. Jalen Williams had four turnovers. And the thing that sucks is those three guys right there are your most experienced guys on the team that's been playing with Arkansas for the longest. And they turn the ball over the most. I just don't want, I mean, I just don't know what to make of all this, guys. I really don't. I wish that there was a way that you could, you know, kind of go into seeing practices and seeing how how it goes. Because just listen to Eric Musselman, who again is a great coach, and we know he's a good coach, and we know what he's capable of. It just makes me wonder that if maybe there's guys that are going to start saying, "All right, screw this. We're, we're we're just gonna wait this out and move on. We're out of here." Like, at what point in time does that happen? Or is Musk keeping them going, keeping them motivated, keeping them? Uh, encouraged to be able to try to overcome all this. Maybe that's the case. I wish we could just see in practice and see exactly uh, what's been going on there. But it just seems like when you when you got one thing that gets better, the other thing gets worse, or just doesn't. You, know, you can't improve all the things at the same time. It's like you can't. You, oh, you improve your rebounding. Well, your three point defense goes down. Oh, you improve your three point shooting. Oh, well, your turnovers continue to be a problem. Oh, you're doing a better job of getting to the free throw line? Oh, well, that's all right. The other team is going to get to the free throw line even more. It's just like you can't figure it out all at once. And that's what makes it just as equally absurd and annoying is that you just can't put it all together. You can't make it all work. It's either one or the other. And I don't know what it's going to be in store for the rest of this year for the rest of this team, but what an epic disappointment this has been so far. I guess we'll find out if they can actually turn it around. It's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions, all about getting fit, eating healthier. So make sure that Built Bar is in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And it makes it easy to pick your resolution because if you go with healthy, you can also go with something that tastes good and something that's incredible to be able to eat because there's a lot of protein bars that aren't that way. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain only 130 calories. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and that is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout technically. But if you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, go to LOCKED, or excuse me, yeah, Built.com, LOCKED15 for your promo code. I got to make sure I get that right for you. So if you go to the website, it doesn't matter how many you buy, doesn't matter how much you buy in store, whatever it is, you buy out the whole thing. But you're going to get 15% off as long as you use that promo code Locked 15. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, well, there was some good news that happened kind of actually on Friday, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it by the time the uh, recording of the podcast ended that day. But not too, not too surprising that linebacker Bumper Pool for the Razorback football team announced on Friday that he will be returning for his super senior season, following the path uh, position that mates Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry took last year. He's kind of doing the same thing as well. He says it's uh, uh, been a great process. He says he's very excited to meet with a lot of good people and get a lot of good advice. Ultimately, I'm going to come back this year to Arkansas for my fifth year. I'm very excited about it. I think there's a certain possibility and responsibility I have to continue the legacy and the tradition that we set this year. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking that as far as 
big recruiting news and all that. Arkansas didn't have a lot of good news, you know, with Monteric Brown leaving and John Ridgway leaving, and then the transfers like Joe Fouché and, and Greg Brooks Jr. and all those things too, and Malik Hornsby. This was uh, very much needed for Razorback fans to feel pretty good about. And I think that one of the motivating factors for Bumper Pool is probably the fact that he has a chance of being the all-time leading tackler in school history. Uh, he needs just roughly about 60 tackles to break Tony Bua's record all-time. Now, he does get that extra year, which is helpful, but still, I think that that's something he wants to put his legacy on and to be able to say at the end of the day that he was the all-time leading tackler in Razorback football history. So I, I, I totally think that that's a part of it. But that's huge. That is huge to get him back. And I just look back, and I think it's funny. I think the basketball team helped with this, though. But suddenly, not, not as many people are freaking out about everything. Saying that the world is coming to an end, and the sky is falling, and the football team has got major issues, and everybody's leaving, we're going to suck. It's like people get so wrapped up into that, like, one or two days of all of that. And then we get to now where it's not even really a topic of conversation of how people were freaking out the way it is. And what's going to happen is, is there's going to be some guys that come in through the transfer portal. We're going to get to spring ball and we're going to start putting things together and say, Hey, this team's going to be just fine because of X, Y, Z. That's what's going to happen. And also the fact that you were able to retain your coaching staff with getting Barry Odom to stay and Kendall Browles to stay. And looks like the majority of the defensive uh, the coaches to stay. And at least I haven't heard anything of anybody moving on, which is great, uh, even though there's still some shuffling around when it comes to some college football coaches and whatnot. But still, of everybody, you've been able to keep it all in check. And that's extremely important, as we all know. But the fact that you were able to do that and then get somebody like Bumper pulled back, those are the types of things that's going to be able to help with the transition of bringing in new players or having new players step up. Like your secondary, you got Jalen Catalan coming back. You still got Miles Slusher coming back. You still got uh, Ladarius Bishop coming back. You still got Hudson Clark coming back. Like you have a lot of SEC experience coming back. A lot of it. Linebacker, it's bumper pull and that's it. Like you have nobody else with any legitimate SEC experience, at least from the Razorback standpoint. Coming back. And then the defensive line, that thing's gone. <laughs> like, you have some guys that uh, got some playing time. Like, uh, I believe it was Zach Williams got some playing time. Uh, Mateo Soli got some playing time. But overall, you're going to be having to replace a lot there, too. It sucks, and you wish you didn't have to do that. But when it comes down to the continuity of the coaching staff and bringing guys in and keeping them there and keeping them on staff, even if, you know, they're – you don't know them about them just yet or don't know what they're capable of, especially with the year of development and the offseason through spring practice. It can be a little alarming. It can be a little scary. It can be just knowing the Razorback way of saying, okay, well, last year was great, but now we're going to go back into the, to the swing of being mediocre once again. Like I know that that's probably where some of you are at and some of you are thinking. But with all that going on, and of course the good news with bumper pool happening as well, I saw something on Saturday from a tweet from a legitimate college football person, a Fox Sports Joel Klatt, which a lot of you probably know and have heard about Joel Klatt. He does NFL draft analysts too, and he's been around a long time. And you know, I don't care one way or the other. I kind of like him in a way of he's not he doesn't he's not someone that has a bunch of stupid takes for the sake of having stupid takes. Like he's just not that way. 
But he tweeted out something on Saturday that I had to read about two or three or four times before I had to realize that I, I wasn't just crapping my pants and seeing something completely and totally. It was actually pretty legitimate where he came out with his way too early college football 2022 top 10. Now, when I see that, I'm like, whatever. And I, and I goes through it all. I was like, he's okay. He's got Bama at one. He's got Ohio State at two. He's got Georgia at three. Even Texas A&M at four. Okay, whatever. Michigan at five. Okay, that'll be pretty good. Clemson at six. Okay, Razorbacks at seven. There was a what? What? The Arkansas Razorbacks at seven. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Michigan, Clemson, Arkansas. What? And I saw that, and I was like. There's no, what? I, I mean, wait a minute, because last week everyone was talking about how the world was just coming to an end and the sky was falling with all these players leaving. And then Bumper Pool's coming back. Maybe that's what made the difference in getting them the top 10. But I'm like, I couldn't believe it. And that's the type of thing that's going to get Arkansas fans into a frenzy and get them all pumped up for the season and have expectations, which is good, which is fine. But when I'm seeing a legitimate guy who covers college football like Joel Klatt saying that he's got Arkansas at the number seven team in the country next year, way too early, knowing that they lost players, you know, knowing that they, they had those issues, I, I'm stunned. And, I, and now it makes me wonder, are there going to be more college football analysts that do this for the Razorbacks as well? Brett McMurphy is another one. He came out with his way too early top 22 as well. And what do you have Arkansas at? 15. 15. A top 15 team. And I'm seeing this, and, I, and again, I, I'm just wondering if this is real life. Razorback football getting that type of pumped up and praise and hype? Woo! I'm all for it. But here's what it comes down to, and we can end on this one. It comes down to the fact that you have the most important thing on your Razorback football team next year. An extremely gifted, talented, experienced quarterback. That's it. You got KJ Jefferson. Now you got some other pieces too. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But when it comes down to people thinking about you being that good, what separates you is having someone like KJ Jefferson. He's got that He's got great running backs, young, gifted, talented running backs going to be in the backfield. He's got an experienced offensive line in front of him as well. Now, the wide receivers, people are going to have to step up. There's some options there. But he's got all the makings to be doing something really great. And that's why I feel like Arkansas is going to be in great shape next year. And getting bumper pull was, was a great get to. But my goodness, when I start seeing the start seeing top 15, top 10 type stuff, Makes me a little worried and gets me a little antsy about it all, too. Hey, fans, don't forget about this incredible app. You know, I've been telling you about Get Upside because, listen, we all buy gas, right? So why not make some money off of it? They're making up to people are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. And it's just easy. You go to download the free Get Upside app in the App Store, or Google Play right now, use promo code SCORE, and you get a free bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get back cash easily with the GetUpside. Just download the app and use free promo code SCORE, and you get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. 
And for all you that drive a whole lot and listening to this podcast in your vehicle, you can make a ton of money on that. And it's really easy to cash out. You just use it to your bank account, PayPal, or use an e-gift card, Amazon, other brands, doesn't matter. Just download the free GetUpside app, use promo code SCORE, and you can get up to 50 cents per gallon off and back, get cash back off of it as well. As long as you use that promo code at GetUpside, download the app at the App Store or Google Store today. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so you have the national championship game tonight, which is still stupid that it plays on a Monday night, but that's okay. We'll still take it. We'll still watch it. We'll still be invested into it. Georgia and Alabama, a rematch for the centuries, blah, 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 whatever. Georgia's favored by two and a half points in this game. And honestly, I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know why people are thinking that like Georgia's going to win. I, listen, I'm not saying Georgia's not going to win and has zero chance because they're really talented. But for crying out loud, it is so tough to pick against Nick Saban in Alabama, man. Like, he's owned Georgia. He has the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young. Like, he's got extreme talent surrounding the team. And I don't care what anybody says. Bama did not go all out against Cincinnati. They did not show everything against Cincinnati. They knew what the next matchup was going to be about. And so I think that they're going to come out extremely motivated and fiery. And I, I just don't like Georgia's chances in this one. I, I really don't. And, you know, when it comes down to quarterback play, there's no question that Bryce Young has the advantage there. I think that there's a lot of pressure, of course, on Georgia that, hey, if you can't do it now, you're never going to be able to do it. If you can't put your team together now and put the talent together now and be able to go up against Alabama, who you've already faced so far once this year. If you can't do it this year, I don't know if you'll ever be able to do it. This is your time, Georgia, to step up. But I think that they will fall under pressure. I think that Alabama is going to win their second title in a row. I think that it's going to be a closer game than what the uh, SEC championship game was. So at least you have that going for you if you want to have any sort of a positive feelings there, but still, I just like Alabama in this one. Uh, I think that Bryce Young is, is going to cause some problems for the Georgia defense. I think that Alabama's defense is going to keep Stetson Bennett in check. And I think all those things put together, is just going to be a bad recipe for the Bulldogs. Plus, I don't know. I kept trying to think about like what would make Nick Saban retire quicker if he kept winning or if he started to lose. I don't know. I think it would probably be if he started to lose. Because if he starts continue, if he continues to win, then he'll be like, well, I don't have to retire. Look at I'm still winning championships. I'm still doing my thing. So, I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. And maybe we want him to win this game or lose this game because uh, it'll be closer to retirement for him. I don't know. I don't care. I hope it's just a good game. And I know that people are going to be upset because it's an all-SEC matchup. I don't, And that's fine with me because the two best teams are in the national championship game. You cannot deny that fact. You cannot uh, take anything away from that. You cannot, you know, you cannot say anything other than those are the best two best teams. And if you do, you're just flat out wrong. So, anyways, I got Bama winning this one. 
I'll probably say Bama wins. Mm, Bama wins 38 to 27. 38-27. Bama gets the victory. Nick Saban wins another national championship. It's another day at the office for them. Let's move on to next season. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. Also, get after me on Twitter, Buzz John Neighbors, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.